the crew all season long on WTMJ. It's Brewers Extra Innings. Now live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee at the Avenue. Here is your host, Dominic Catronio. How sweet it is. The Brewers open up the second half. Three straight victories over the Reds. Man, were they some thrilling wins. Holy cow. How did they win that one? 4-3 the final today. It's a sweep. They go 5-1 over their six consecutive games against the Reds. Vibes are good. The vibes are very, very good. I'm Dominic Catronio, former Brewer. Jerry Augustine is with us once again this weekend. And Augie, man, it, it was it was bleak for a little bit there. The offense was slow moving. They got it done. Andrew Monasterio, the hero tonight. But it's another game. They reached that magic number. That four-run number that we talked about yesterday, that's all they're ever asking for. They're now 43-9. and 43-9. That's a winning percentage right around 830 when they score at least four runs. That's some ridiculous stuff. And even with this, uh, the injuries and everything going on with this crew right now, it seems like ever since that 4th of July series against the Cubs, the offense has been finding a way. You're exactly right. And uh, you talk about this ball club and being able to score runs. You know, the one thing that this ball club goes out and does each and every day, they're going to give you 27 outs. You've got to get 27 outs in order to beat this team and score more runs than them. And today was great proof of that. Yet, Cincinnati got started in the first three innings. We're able to have Hauser get the ball up a little bit. We're able to put three runs on the board. But after that, he settled down the next two and two-thirds innings, threw the ball, very well. And then the bullpen with Bryce Wilson today and Hobie Milner coming and put the stop on the Cincinnati offense. But yeah, you got to like what this ball club is doing, finding ways to win. And it's not just the key guys that you have. Yeah. Christian's having a great series. I would love to see what his total numbers are in Cincinnati for his career. They got to be just unbelievable, but you know, guys stepping out, Monasterio come in, put the big hit Tyrone Taylor taking that base with the ball, throwing in on the fly ball by, by Miller scoring the tie run, going to second base, what ended up being a run being scored on the base hit by Monasterio. Finding ways to win, being aggressive on the bases, doing the things you have to do to win ball games. The Brewers are definitely doing that. Today, getting the sweep was the cherry on top, but the Sunday was still pretty darn good for the Brewers. But I look back at this stretch that we were highlighting a couple of weeks ago, heading into and out of the All-Star break, that the Brewers are going to play... 13 consecutive games against their own division. 13 straight. They go 9-4. and four. They don't lose a series. They split, of course, with the Cubs, but they won every other series. And we were texting before this, I just feel like this sweep, this series, these last two weeks, it feels like a little bit more. Folks have been waiting for the Brewers to try to take control of the Central. There's been so much written and so much criticized about the NL Central. But guess what? There's a reason why the Brewers are favorites, and it's their pitching. And I feel like the last two weeks reminded everybody in baseball why they're favored, why it's so good as it is. And the Brewers, quite frankly, have made it clear, in my opinion, you can agree or disagree, the Central runs through Milwaukee, period, end of story. On July 16th, the Brewers are now two games up, essentially three games up on the Reds because of that tiebreaker. The Central runs through Milwaukee, and I don't think there's anything that you can say to dispute that. 
Well, you talk about this division over the last several years, and you know the Cardinals are just having a, a, a very rough year. Nothing's going right for them. They can't get their pitching cast straightened out. Offensively, at times, they're not swinging the bat very well. But it usually goes through those two teams, and the success that teams have, especially in this division, are the teams that play very good within the division. You look at the Brewers right now. You said it's a twenty-nine and twenty and nine in the division, starting to play very well, winning those series. Winning key series inside the division plays such a huge role in what, how you get to the playoffs. And the Brewers are starting off the second half, and what we talked about the last 15 days of playing good baseball within that division, that's so important. When you win inside the division, you have a good chance of go, going to the playoffs. That's exactly what they're doing. And I think, Dom, you said it right. It all starts with their pitching. Good, solid starting. The bullpen is throwing the ball very well. And I tell you what, you have to give a lot of credit to the defense. They've been playing very, very good defense uh, each and every day when you go out in the game. It keeps them in the ball game. I mean, Bryce Terang today made two run-saving plays on his own. I mean, the great pick uh, there later in the game in the eighth inning and, and the great snag to his left on the liner back in the second inning, if I'm not mistaken. He continues to play fantastic defense. And it's a reminder, too, like today's hero is Andrew Monasterio with the base hit off of Alexis Diaz. But part of the reason that Monasterio is in there is because of his glove and the why he is still in the big leagues is because they are such big fans of his defense. He makes the game-ending play yesterday on that diving stop to his left. And today it was the offense that came through for him. This team values the other side of the ball, the defense and the pitching, so much. They're top three in baseball and defensive runs saved. They have some of the best defensive outfielders in all of the game. They have an incredible rookie second baseman in Bryce Terang. Willie's a great shortstop. And you got Monasterio, who's always been a glove-first prospect, getting it done with the bat today. It just shows you... Even with a little bit of offense, and trust me, we can talk about the offense a little bit later. Just a little bit of offense, they are not going to hold. They are not going to beat themselves up, if you will. The Brewers well, you, are always going to be good on that side of the ball. Go ahead. Yeah, it, you know you're exactly right. You know you talk about Craig Collins and what he talks about building a lineup for a for a series or building a lineup for a game, and a lot of it has to do with how they match up on the defensive side of the ball. What kind of an offensive team are you playing? Where do they like to hit the ball? Where do you want to be the strongest? And you take a kid like Monasterio is playing just great defense. Terang, I think, is one of, going to be one of the best young second basemen in all of baseball. And the way he covers the ground, you see what he did today. It's the defensive side of the ball that Craig Council says, yes, we need the offense. We have to have the offense. We do have to score runs. We do have to do little things. We manufactured a couple of runs today, which was huge. But on the defensive side, with the good, solid pitching we have, that defense really plays a key role. And I'm going to tell you what, the last 15 days, this team has really been solid on the defensive side. It's been awesome to watch. I mean, Bryce Terang is a top-five defender at second base by all of the defensive metrics, and he's really only played about half the number of innings over there because he was sent down for a month and a half. So the Brewers continue to get some great production on the defensive side of the ball. No errors again for this series, too. The Brewers get the victory 4-3. to Would love to hear from your participation as well. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. Who let the brooms out? Sweep, sweep, sweep from the 414. Another text here from Josh in Milwaukee. A fun one today. Great work from Milner and the offense that overcame two deficits. And uh, we'll get into some of the uh, questions about the roster here in a little bit later as well. And also from Aaron in Illinois, who would have thought that 5-1 and one in this 
series. Yelich continues to be hot. The bullpen shines again, and Council pressed all the right buttons this weekend. want to remind you that Brewers Extra Innings is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. With a local Milwaukee team, Fifth Third Bank also knows how to hit it out of the park. They've been serving businesses in the area for nearly 15 years and offering industry-specific expertise and local decision-making capabilities It's going to help your business succeed. This is commercial banking value that only Fifth Third can deliver. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, member FDIC. We'll give our player of the game coming up next. Stay with us, Brewers Extra Innings. You're listening to Brewers Extra Innings, presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Fun one today. The Brewers sweep the Reds. This is Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dom Catronio. We'll be going till just after the 5 o'clock hour here this afternoon as the Brewers get ready for an off day tomorrow and head out to the city of brotherly love for three games with the Phillies. I'm Dom. He's Augie or Jerry, as uh, Mike Vassallo is always a fan when they hear the, the Dom and Jerry instead of the Tom and Jerry uh, show, if you will, there, Augie. But I want to get to you real quick. Do you got a player of the game pick for today? I do, and I'm going to go a different direction today. You know, we could go and you can take Yelly had another great day. You look at what he did on the on the offense offensive side of the ball, including hitting home run. You can go with uh, you can go with the Monasterio with the big base hit in the eighth inning to put the Brewers ahead. You can go Hobie Milner pitching, coming in and doing a great job. I'm going to go with Tyrone Taylor. Mm. I'll tell you what. The heads-up play with him on that fly ball that Miller hit that that scored the tying run, his heads-up play getting to second base gave the opportunity for Monasterio to come in and come up with the big base hit. So it's smart baseball. We talk about being aggressive on the bases, knowing what you have to do in order to put yourself in a good position. I'm going to go Tyrone Taylor. Heads-up base running allows the Brewers to score the additional run to win the ball game. Very heads-up. You're right. The Brewers did the little things right today. So that would... Can, uh, classify as a write-in on my Twitter poll. This was the closest poll we've had since we started doing this this weekend, Augie. Uh, we've normally had an overwhelming winner. Today, not so overwhelming. Uh, in my Twitter poll, 225 folks voted, so appreciate everybody who popped in. It is Christian Yelich has been voted the player of the game. He was a triple shot of the cycle. He had a no-doubt home run off the smokestacks in right center field. My personal pick, though, would have been Devin Williams, and he got the second most share of the vote at 30%. Devin had or, uh, Devin had 30%. Yelly had 39%. Monasterio had 27% as the uh, game-winning RBI. I, for me, it's Devin because it's his fourth straight game, third straight day, and it's something he's only done four times in his career now, pitching in three consecutive days. And he looked just as effective as he did in the other two games. I, I think Devin Williams, and I've said this over and over and over again, and I love your thoughts on this too, the fact that the Brewers have back-to-back generational closers, you know, a few years separated from having the end of Trevor Hoffman's career and having the uh, excitement of John Axford. But I, I, John Axford was good, but he's not a generational closer. The fact that Josh Hader and Devin Williams are back-to-back generational closers, this is not normal. To hand it to your closer, say, this game is over. They definitely do. And when you talk about it, they had such a great 
great relationship. I think it started way back with Trevor Hoffman when he came in. He came in here and he, he built a, a certain culture about the bullpen. And the guys around bought into this culture where you really have to stick together. You have to understand what your strengths are. You've got to take what you do good and make it better. And I think that's really played a big role in what's happened in this Brewer bullpen, especially when you look at Josh Hader, who was here, had a spectacular uh, career while he was here in Milwaukee, and then handing it off to Devin Williams. And the one thing we're seeing out of Devin Williams, and I've said it many times, he's starting to throw that little cutter every once in a while. But you look at what he was today, nine pitches, six strikes, and got out of the inning. Efficiency, when you can be efficient, throw strikes, locate the pitches that you need to do, be consistent with them, you're going to be successful. Devin Williams was starting to get into that, that spot where he's got that confidence where he's efficient and he goes out to he throws strikes. And I'm going to tell you that he's turning into one of the best relievers in all of baseball. And, and the Brewers are certainly very glad he had turned out not to get into that All-Star game on Tuesday because who knows if this would have been even available to him to pitch in three consecutive games coming out of the break. want to remind our listeners that the player of the game is brought to you by the Salvation Army. Every day, the Salvation Army provides shelter, meals, and support to those in need. Your donations make a difference. Visit samilwaukee.org to help today. At Largeville, the bullpen was nearly perfect again. They only have allowed one hit over the last four games going back to Sunday before the All-Star break. Uh, Hobie Milner today was the bulk man. He earns the win. He gets two innings. And as I sit back and I look at this roster and I look at who's available in that bullpen, I mean, Abner Uribe was up and ready to go just in case in that eighth inning. And I came to the realization, Augie, there is no such thing as the A bullpen for the Brewers. They're all an A bullpen. Bullpen. They have been the best bullpen in baseball in July, even with all of that chaos in Pittsburgh and all of that chaos against Chicago. This is a serious weapon that the Brewers have to take advantage of moving forward. Yeah, it's about this culture of opportunity. There's no standards. There's no heights that you can go to. It's just being able to go out and do what you do and do it well. And I'll tell you what, this bullpen is just doing a great job, and it'll be been neat to see that see how this they continue to pitch down the road. But, you know, you look at, at what we've had the last few days uh, with, with Piguero and Piams and, and Williams. All of a sudden, Bryce Williams, I think he's an unsung hero in the bullpen. He's throwing the ball very well. Hobie Milner comes in and always gives you a, a good battle against, against the hitters. And so they're expanding, expanding that, strike, that strike zone, not only strike zone, but they're expanding the bullpen. That guys come in and they throw strikes. They're aggressive in the strike zone. And it's really paying off for the Spurrier Ball Club. This is a team, too, that, I mean, with Hobie Milner being a guy, 21 of his last 22 outings have been scoreless. Elvis Piguero is on a similar stretch. Yoel Piamps has been on a similar stretch. And then you got your closer in the ninth. And, oh, by the way, Bryce Wilson came in, got his job done today. He's been able to give you multiple innings. They were willing to give the ball to Abner Uribe there in the eighth inning in case push came to shove. So they're really excited about him. You've got Justin Wilson on the way back to coming back from Tommy John surgery, an extremely experienced Southpaw to kind of ease things on Hobie Milner. But I, I'm just looking at this team, man. And if Brandon Woodruff comes back healthy, like he's projected to do in August, the pitching, I mean, you've said it the other day. I really, and it's going to sound a little hot takey, and I don't normally like to sound hot takey, but give me the Brewers bullpen over the Braves bullpen. That's That's without a doubt. The, the Brewers' starting rotation with a healthy Brandon Woodruff is just as good, if not better, than the Braves. Now, obviously, the Braves have a murderer's row of a lineup, so things get a little bit different there, and the Brewers are going to see them coming up next weekend. But 
I don't think it's crazy to say, and you said it the other night, the Brewers do indeed have the best pitching staff in baseball right now in the National League. Yeah, I agree. I I just, when you look at what they're able to do, and you know what's so unique, we talk about their starting rotation with Burns and Woodruff and Peralta, and then if you depending where you go, you go Miley and Turan, who have pitched very well. That's not including Colin Ray, who's pitched very well, and, and Adrian Hauser, who can go in the bullpen and give you innings out of the bullpen. But the one thing I really like about this Brewer bullpen bullpen is they have arms and everything everybody brings something a little different we have the change of williams we have Pagero coming in he's got that heavy sinker piams has got that hard slider with that running fastball up and in and you think hobie builder from a from the from the from the left side throwing three quarters you know and then you got bryce who's kind of a little bit like a piams but brings the pitch just a little bit different he likes to get that ball up and challenge you with fastballs so it's not only being good in the bullpen, but it's also that uniqueness that you have in the bullpen that each of these guys are unique in their own way, and they come in and they throw strikes. And that's been the big difference in this ball club so far this year. Looking to the phone lines here real quick, if you want to join us, 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. Want to get to the lines. Doug and Baraboo, you're always a, a kind and loyal listener. Doug, you're live on Brewers Extra Innings. Yeah, good afternoon, guys. Say, I like Augie's pick. You know what? I remember Ted uh, Simmons when he was with the team and talking to the outfielders, and I think, Augie, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that was the prime. You're supposed to go after the primary runner. The primary runner would have been the guy going into scoring position. The secondary runner, you don't uh, you don't go after him, the guy that's going to uh, you know to go home. And I remember Ted uh uh, Simmons talking about that uh, several times. Go get that primary runner, and, and Augie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. And can I make one more comment? Go for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're getting close to that, uh, and I don't want to be negative, but we're getting close to that the hater situation where we lost him. And I think uh, I think we have to get into the playoffs in order to erase that that feeling that we had uh, back there in early August when we were mm-hmm. in first place, and again, I don't, I don't want to be negative, but I'm just talking as a fan. You know, when the when when the when the Packers blew that uh, <laughs> that's the 30 second uh, Super Bowl, it took me to uh, Rogers getting that 45th Super Bowl in 2010. But that's just a, a fan speaking. But I lo- I loved Augie's. Uh, comment on that on Tyrone Taylor. Yeah, Augie, you go ahead and follow up there from that from the Tyrone uh, compliment. Well, thanks, thanks, Doug. Doug has been with us for all the years that I've been doing this. Doug has been a consistent call and a great call in guy who calls in almost every night and uh, just loves the ball game. And I did, I took I think Tyrone Taylor's just a heads up play is so important. It's a part of what this ball club does. They need to be aggressive on the bases. Baseball's being more aggressive on the bases, and Tyrone Taylor showed that today. As far as the Josh Hader thing, thing everybody's going to talk about Josh Hader the way they do is because they, they enjoyed and they respected what he did here in Milwaukee. He loved it here in Milwaukee. There's no question about it. But times change every once in a while. You're going to make different changes throughout a, career, a, guy, a guy's career. And I'll tell you what, Devin Williams was built to be a closer. He's got the great stuff. He's got that mentality. He's got that no-nonsense way of going about his business. And then they fill it in with the players that they done that. I think Matt Arnold's just done an excellent job this year. This bullpen is as, exci- as exciting as any bullpen that I've ever seen the Brewers have. They've been really smart with their uh, choices. And I think on to wrap up the hater thing before we go to break, 
I think Brewers fans won't believe it until they see it. You know, they're, they're so scarred from what happened last season. They want to make it through the deadline without giving up a key contributor and then believe it that, okay, this team is bound for the postseason, if you would hope, by August 1st. And they've added to the team and they can believe that this team can win a playoff series and try to play for another pennant here in 2023. We're up against the break. We want to get to more texts here as well. 855-616-1620. 855-616-1620. That's the Old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. We're going to talk difference-making moment. That's next on Brewers Extra Innings. Now, more Brewers Extra Innings presented by Fifth Third Bank on WTMJ. Winning is fun. Sweeping is fun. And 20-9 and against the Central Division this season. That's a heck of a number. As the Brewers sweep the Reds, we are talking about it until just after after 5 o'clock here on WTMJ, your home of the Brewers. I'm Dominic Catronio with Jerry Augustine. If you want to join us, it's 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. This text from the 262, the old adage of good pitching always beats good hitting is so true when describing the Brewers. However, can't rely on this pitching staff, and honestly, the Brewers' offensive lineup doesn't scare any opposing pitching staff. You need another good bat, and that leads us into this segment here, Augie. Yeah, they won the game. They were trailing for most of it. They didn't, you know, have that sustained offense that we were looking for. They got it done in the end. But you look at this order, Winker hit a screaming liner off the wall, and he needed something good to happen to him ASAP. But you're not going to last very long with this as your... Four, five, six. You know, Owen Miller batting cleanup on Andrew Monasterio or Rymel Tapia. There's just no juice in the middle of that order. And to update the fans who may or may not have been aware, pregame today we learned that Rowdy Telez is not going to be back on Tuesday. In fact, he had a freak accident while shagging batting practice on Saturday in that he tore the nail bed off of his left ring finger, which is his throwing hand. So he's going to be out for another four weeks, it looks like. So the Brewers do not have a consistent power threat in the middle of that order. And that's going to really wear on this team. That means he is out until after the All-Star break. And I think today is as clear as ever, they need to add some serious offense. Well, I, I, Christian Yellich coming back and swinging the bat the way he is. You look at what he has, was today at three hits. He's batting average already up to 280, 286. And then you see William Contreras at 10-game hitting streak. I thought the key coming out of the All-Star break was getting healthy. And getting healthy was just not Woody being back in that starting rotation. It was, it was Rowdy Tellez coming in and anchoring first base and coming up with the big hits like he did last year. But I also think Jesse Winker was a key of getting the guy healthy where he can perform on a day-to-day basis over a long period of time. They need some bats in the lineup. They need some veteran leadership in that lineup that can come in, give you those good at-bats. So it's going to get interesting. Rowdy's going to be gone for a little bit, a little bit of time now. We don't know exactly when he's coming back. That hurts this ball club. And Jesse has been up and down. He's been feeling good, and then he has to take a few days off. They need to find something. It'll be interesting what this poor ball club does in the next two weeks to see if they can bolster somebody, make a trade, and maybe get some of that veteran leadership that can come in and help this offense. I, I agree. And and just to put a bow on it, too, in my opinion, look, Garrett Mitchell out for the year certainly really, really, really hurts this team right now. 
I want to see Keston here in the big leagues. I don't know why you can keep him down any longer, especially now that you need someone with a little more experience at first base. I know he needs to be put on the 40-man, but look, there's always a way. There's always a way that you can put a guy on a 60-day. You can DFA a guy. There's always ways to get creative with it. But if Keston Hira doesn't come up from this injury from Rowdy Telez, I don't know. I don't think he's ever going to be up this season. So I just wanted to put a bow on that real quick. Uh, I want to get to these phone calls in just a moment. David and Steve, I see you guys on the line. Before we do that, we got to thank one of our sponsors. It's NX Wealth Management with our difference-making moment of the game. Augie, you have the floor first. What was your difference-making moment? I like the eighth inning, and I like the walk by Willie Adamas. I think what you do, you get late in the ball game. They all say in pitching. Anytime you get by that sixth inning, you walk guys, it causes problems. It starts rallies. It changes the complexion of the game. I'm going to give a kudos to Willie Adamas with a good at-bat, getting on base, and then what you got, Jesse Winker with the big base hit. They were able to score two runs that inning, take the lead, and win the ball game. This is the first time you and I have agreed on our difference-making moment. I had that, too, the leadoff walk in the top of the eighth inning. You know it, Augie. Leadoff walks are always the leading cause of hair loss among pitching coaches in baseball. I'm going to go a little bit different, though. I'm just going to go back to the bottom of the sixth inning. When Bryce Wilson came in with two on and two out, got his job done with no stress at all against Tyler Stevenson. Bryce hasn't pitched in over a week. Don't lose sight of the fact that he came in sharp as ever, ready to go. I thought that was my difference-making mode of this one. It's all brought to you by NX Wealth Management. Investment, retirement, tax, and estate planning from a fee-only fiduciary. Forget commission sales pitches and financial products you don't actually need. Know the difference. NX provides elite, comprehensive financial planning customized to who you are and what you need. NXWealth.com. All right, Augie, before we let you go, let's get to these phone calls. Waiting patiently, David and Mequon, you are live on Brewers Extra Innings. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Um, Augie took some of my uh, thunder with Christian uh, Yellich. Um, my question with him is this. I mean, obviously, I think he's got 21 stolen bases, too. So he's, I think, really back to kind of more like his old self. And my question would be, do you think, I, I realize, you know, he's our leadoff hitter, but do you think because of Rowdy Tawaz in listening to the conversation, do you think that uh, Yelich uh, temporarily should be moved into, like, the 3-4-5 spot, possibly, and then just have somebody else, you know, for the leadoff hitter that at least can just maybe get walks, maybe get a single here and there, uh, where Yelich, I think, has been slapping the ball around, and you could get some, you know, beef in the middle of the lineup. I don't know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's a good question there, David. Appreciate the call. Uh, Augie, in my opinion, I think the only other candidate that would really lead off would be Owen Miller. Uh, he certainly fits the profile of a guy that gets hits. He doesn't really draw walks, though. Uh, in my opinion, though, part of the reason why it works with Contreras and Willie batting two and three is because Yelly's seemingly always on base for them. So I personally want to keep Yelly in the leadoff spot. What about you? Well, I like Yelly in the leadoff spot, yeah, and I think David said it perfectly. He's got 21, 22 stolen bases. Gets on the gets on gets on base, and he generates action. He may put some something in the in the, the opponent's thoughts of what's going to happen because he's on base. I I, I really do like Yelly at the leadoff spot. I think the one thing that you're going to see with Craig Council is he's going to work. He's going to fool around with the lineup a little bit. One thing about Yelly, he's he's very versatile. He can hit anywhere in the lineup, and he understands that. So I think at times you're going to see Yelly off out of that leadoff spot, maybe in that third, three, four, and five slot, maybe be able to drive some runs in. But 
They really do. I think you said it perfectly with Contreras and Adamas in that second and third slot. They like it when Yelly's on base because they know he can score. He runs the bases well, and uh, he knows he's, they know he can create action on the bases and score runs. As we let you go, Augie, we, we dropped our other caller there, but I just want to compare. I had this observation from earlier in the year, but this is the Christian Yelich that the Brewers acquired, right, back in 2018, before the Juice Baseball in 2019, right? So I'm just going to read some numbers to you, and I want you, this is going to be a little game, and then we'll let you go. I want you to guess if this number was from 2018 or from this season right now up to the second. This is 90 games into the season. Both numbers, you know, it's at the same point in the season, 90 games in. I want you to tell me if you think it is 2018 or 2023. 14 home runs. Is that 18 or 23? That's got to be 23. So he's one off of it. He got his 13th today. He had 14 in 90 games in 2018. So that's a good one. How about, uh, let's go with on-base percentage, 384. Is that from 18 or 23? Oh, boy. You make you give me all the tough ones. I'm going to say 23. He is six points off of it right now. That number is actually from 2018. He was at 384 in 2018. He's at 378 right now. So virtually the same. OPS, there's a big advantage back in 2018 by about 50 points because his slugging started to really get going. But here's one I really love. 20 doubles. Is that from this season or is that from 2018? 2018. Nope. 20 doubles this season. He had 21 in 2018 at this point. So the point I'm making (laughs) is you can't tell, right, Augie? You can't tell the difference between 2018 and 2023 right now. Well, I I think that when you talk about Christian, you talk about 2018. I mean, he was... He was just doing everything. He hit in that third slot. He was driving in runs. He was doing all the little things you have to do. Very aggressive. You uh, drive the ball out of the ballpark. He could hit home runs. I think you're finding a different style of a Christian Yelich now. He's understanding that, you know what, he's gone through some struggles, and he had some struggles for a couple of years. He's finding a, a spot where he relaxes at the plate and just takes what he's given. A little bit different than he was in 2018. And that relaxed thing, that relaxed uh, approach that he has, has made him a much better hitter. We're starting to see that batting average rise. If you see where it has over the last couple of months, how that batting average rise, how he gets on base, how he creates things on the bases, stealing bases. I think you see a more relaxed Christian Yelich in a better frame of mind, understanding that he can do, he'll do whatever he has to do to help this ball club win. Fantastic stuff as always, my friend. Jerry Augustine here on Brewers Extra Innings. You've earned a little breather. You've earned an off day tomorrow, my friend. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Uh, we got going into Philly. I tell you what, we get done with Cincinnati. Great series against Cincinnati, but it doesn't get easier going into Philly. It doesn't get easier with the Braves lurking around the corner as well. Jerry Augustine here on the program. My thanks to him. We got more. We're going to talk about who's hot. We're going to hear from Craig Council a little bit later as well. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Sweeps. Sweeps are fun. Brewers, get another victory today. I'm Dom Catronio. Off day tomorrow. Happy flight out to Philly. Quick little jump over there to the city of brotherly love, and it'll be an interesting series against a very good Philadelphia Phillies team. This is the uh, part of the show where we talk about who's hot. It's brought to you by Cider Heating, Plumbing, and electrical, trust in your family's comfort at home all year long with cider, and their sale is extended. Get up to $1,000 off a Daikin furnace or an AC unit through the end of the month. Financing is available. Schedule your appointment today at cider. That's S-E-I-D-E-R dot com.
cider, heating, plumbing, and electrical. Families helping families since 1912. I'm going to throw a curveball here, literally and figuratively. Who I'm picking for who's hot is the Brewers' game plan against Elie de la Cruz over the last four games. Go back to last Saturday, right? We talked about him stealing home in the span of two pitches and the embarrassment that that felt for you as a Brewer fan. But the Brewers, they took it to another level. They took it personally. What did they do in response to Ellie De La Cruz over these last four games? Oh, they just held him to one for 16 over the last four games. And a great tweet came in here. Folks are ready to give Ellie De La Cruz a Hall of Fame bid at last Saturday. And look at it now. One for 16 in his last four games against the Brewers. They held Spencer Steer virtually hitless for the last six games. He was white hot coming into this. The Brewers' game plan against Ellie specifically, and a few of the other rookies too, and good offense is very good, but again, the old adage, like the texter said a little bit ago, good pitching beats good offense. And I was worried for a while, you know, when you've got an offense like the Reds and what they were looking like when the Brewers were watching from afar, you're thinking, man, they're never out of a game. You think that they can always make a comeback. And now it feels like since that Cubs series over the 4th of July, the Brewers, now they're not a, oh my goodness, this is a murderer's low row lineup, but they got guys that could put the ball in play. They don't have a lot of guys that strike out. And yes, I know the uh, sixth inning was it when they struck out the side uh, after leadoff single from Willie. That was frustrating. But the point being, as the Brewers are currently constructed, right, there's nothing Craig Council can do with his current roster construction. He has to throw out Andrew Monasterio. He has to throw out Rymel Tapia. He has to throw out Blake Birkins. Those are the guys that are healthy right now. But to get four runs out of that lineup, feels like you're making it as efficient as possible. And when you're as efficient as possible on the offensive side of things, the pitching side has to be even tighter. And that's what we saw over the past week against Ellie De La Cruz and the Reds to sweep them, to go 5-1 and one over a six-game stretch. And after the embarrassment of last Saturday, the Brewers made the adjustment. The easiest way to make sure he doesn't steal home is make sure he doesn't get on first. And the Brewers certainly did their job in that regard. So uh, great stuff from them. That's my pick for who's hot right now. And uh, it's heading into the Philly series. You need to keep the good times going because that offense is just as high-powered with a lot more veterans, not so rookie-related. So scouting reports going to be a little bit deeper, but, you know, it's veterans. They know how to hit. JT Realmuto, Bryce Harper, just broke his homerless streak the other day at 34 games. Uh, you've got Kyle Schwober, Nick Castellanos. They can hit. They can't really pick it, though. But this should be a fun series coming up this week. We're going to hear from the skipper, Craig Council, coming up next. We're with you till just after the 5 o'clock hour here tonight. Highlights a little bit later as well. You're listening to WTMJ, the home of the Brewers. Brewers Extra Innings. This is Brewers Extra Innings. What a win. What a sweep. Brewers win it 4-3. to three. They come from behind to take this one twice, trailing. They were down one nothing and 3-1. to one. They win it by a final of 4 to three. The bullpen was fantastic. Again, get to them in just a moment, but want to thank one of our sponsors, Hupie and Abraham. For every double play the Milwaukee Brewers turn this season, Hupie and Abraham will donate $100 to Feeding America Eastern Wisconsin. And remember, if you're injured or you're in an accident, call Hupie and Abraham. Winner, it's free, guaranteed. The winning team, Hupie and Abraham. H-U-P-Y dot com. The bullpen was fantastic. Kobe Milner, certainly the most low-key guy in that bullpen, just gets the job done once again. Craig Council talking about Hobie, the bullpen, and a big sweep against the Reds. Here he is on Brewers Extra Innings. He, he just, you know, he just continues to 
you know, pitch really well. Um, obviously, we were, you know, we had a couple guys down today. Um, Elvis and, and Yoel were down. Um, so when we took the lead, you know, we went for Hobie and we had, he had the first three hitters of the eighth. And just to, to get all three out um, and to have a crisp inning there was, was really impressive. And it just, you know, extends a string of just great performances from from the guys down there. So, um, you know, that, that wasn't thinking Hobie for two innings when he, when he entered, entered the game for sure was, you know, thinking we're going to have to get outs in the eighth with somebody who normally doesn't do it. Um, Hobie, Hobie did a heck of a job with it. What about Devin, just the job he did in this series, locking down those three games? Yeah, I mean... I mean, I don't, what, what what else can you say? I mean, that's just um, it's, it was an important series. Um, you know, he came in today and he said, "I want the ball today in, in the in the ninth," um, and uh, it worked out. And he pitched a great inning in, in a one-run game. Efficiency too. It's like the last five I think that he's converted. He's not top 15 pitches. So he's doing it. Yeah, I mean, that, that just means he's executing a lot of pitches and he's throwing strikes and getting ahead in the count and um, quality pitches ahead in the count that uh, forcing forcing weak swings and and guys and you know no no hard contact. You've had a lot of changes out there, Craig, over the, the course of the season, moving pieces. But do you feel like at this point you have like a nice order where not that things can't change, but like. Sort of yeah, I mean, I think, look, we're going to have to have, I think we're going to need somebody else to step up from, you know, we get this group of five that's been here all year, um, and, and, and as all five of them have had really nice seasons, um, we're definitely going to need, you know, somebody else in that group, um, you know, Hobie pitching two innings, that's kind of an anomaly, that's uh, not going to happen very often, so, um, but, you know, that that's, you know, I'm asking for a lot. I understand, but uh, we're, we're we do have a pretty good, you know, idea of what we want to do down there right now, and, and guys' roles are are you know very well defined. How'd you see Adrian settle in after the homer? Well, that was it was big. I mean, I thought um, you know that's that's important. He he kept it there. He got us into the sixth inning. I think after the homer and after that inning, really, you're, you're thinking six innings is going to be a stretch here. Um, and to get uh, a couple outs in the sixth, and um, you know, Bryce got a, a big out as well. Um, that, that's kind of set us up pretty good. Andrew isn't a guy that we ask you about much, but to come in in that situation and, uh, you know, game-winning hit essentially off of an all-star closer. Yeah, I mean, it, it just who was off, you know, such they they went for it, and I think it made sense. And um, uh, tough, tough guy, um, tough at tough at bat uh, for anybody, um, and he delivered a big one. And we, you know, we had we had some base running, you know, we did some things wrong on the bases earlier in the game, and then Tyrone's tagging up there was a huge play, taking advantage of a of a throw. Um, so we executed there, and then and then again, I, we got to talk about Bryce Terang's defense today. I mean, he saved a run early in the game, made a heck of a play in the ninth inning, made a great tag. Uh, Owen made a great pick. Joey made a really nice play in the gap. So again, the defense. Um, William throwing the guy out again. The defense was was really really special today. It's it's special. It was special defense all series. You mentioned the challenges of, of, of the novelty of playing the same team 
you know, this this much in this stretch, but you made the most of it and been able to gain four games in the standings. Is this kind of a little, there's a couple months to play, but is this like a period where you can kind of look back and say this might have been kind of a kind of a flipping point a little bit? Well, it's, you know, we, we, we did our job. Um, and I think you come into it in a road series and you sweep it, you've, you've, you've had a heck of a series. Um, so, you know, we got, we got three games left of them um, soon. Um, but it's a big series for us to, uh, you know, just take a little, take a great, great start to the second half. In a great start to the second half is an understatement right now. The Brewers just swept the hottest team in baseball. They took back-to-back series from them, and it's a divisional opponent. And I'll reiterate it until I'm blue in the face. And Craig Council talked about it yesterday after the game, too. The fact that the Brewers now have that tiebreaker head-to-head. Remember the feeling last September when the Brewers, with everything going wrong, and Garrett Mitchell trying to carry this team to the postseason and trying to find a way to get in in the wild card, right? The fact that they didn't have that tiebreaker against the Phillies was the difference in everything. That you weren't really one game back, you were really two games back. And I know the standings say the Brewers missed it by one game. They really missed it by two games because of that tiebreaker. This is what the Reds are going to be feeling down the stretch if they get hot and catch up to the Brewers. When they're tied, they're really one game back. So it is so, so valuable for the Brewers to have that tiebreaker and to win in the fashion that they have won over the last few games, to be in first place, to take control of this division, to send a message to the rest of the of the division and to the rest of the National League for that matter. We're playing good baseball and we're getting healthier and we're open for business looking for some offense. That should scare the rest of the National League. Most teams are trying to add pitching. The Brewers are trying to add offense. Now, offense doesn't exactly grow on trees at the trade deadline. The Brewers have done their best and tried to have a good track record. I think the 2021, the acquisitions of Rowdy Telez and Willie Adamas changed everything. The Eduardo Escobar deal didn't quite work out like the Brewers had initially planned, but Luis Arias was playing better down the stretch of that time. Luis Arias is currently in AAA. Tyrone Taylor has barely played this season, right? Some of the key bench contributors or secondary contributors from that 2021 season. They haven't been contributors in 2023. The Brewers are relying on rookies and Joey Weimer and Bryce Terang and having to fill in for Garrett Mitchell for the entire season. Blake Perkins, another rookie that's been getting a ton of playing time. They've had virtually no production from their DH spot in Jesse Winker. And yet, here they are, two games up on the Central with a great pitching staff that is getting better and ready to add some offense. I hope Keston Hira is going to join this team because what do you have to lose with Keston Hira joining this club? I truly don't know what you have to lose. If it doesn't work out, so be it. You send him back through waivers and somebody will claim him and he'll get that fresh start that he wants. But at this point, if Keston can help you win games and help you get some more offense, might as well do it. That's my opinion anyway. The Brewers are going to be without Rowdy Telez for another three to four weeks. You can't rely on Owen Miller being your only first baseman. I'm not saying Keston here is a gold glove first baseman, but he's got plenty of experience over there. I'd love to see more of him if you're not going to trade for somebody like a, I don't know, a Cody Bellinger. I don't know, uh, a C.J. Crone. Maybe more realistic with C.J. Crone. Do you back up the uh, the prospect capital and go for Shohei Otani? I don't think they're going to do that. But that'd be crazy. That would be a lot of fun. I've said it plenty of times on this show that Shohei Otani would be like the CC Sabathia year. But how about a Belly Yelly show? I think that would be a lot of fun. Just like turn back the clock to 2018 and 2019 like it's felt 
this season. Anyway, I digress. We're going to get to the highlights. That's coming up next. Stay with us. Brewers Extra Innings. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Game three of the weekend series with the Cincinnati Reds. It built Adrian Hauser on the mound against Ben Lively. Brewers going for the sweep on the heels of shutting out the Reds for three consecutive games. One thing was made clear early. The Reds would not be shut out. They got a run early in this game on an RBI double from Joey Votto in the second inning. Then in the third, the Brewers are looking for their chance to respond. Look no further than their MVP, Christian Yelich. Lively's pitch. Hit high in the air and deep into right center. Backing up Fraley onto the track. Turns around, watches it sail up and out of here. And the Brewers have tied the game at one here in the top of the third. That was a crush from Christian Yelich. It went 439 feet, just one foot shy of the season long for the Brewers. Now all tied up at one. But however, in the bottom of the third inning, Adrian Hauser ran into trouble again, allowing a two-run homer to Jake Fraley. The Reds take a 3-1 lead, but then Hauser really settled in. At one point, he retired 11 batters in a row. The Brewers still trying to chip away, though. Later on in the fifth inning, Yellow's back at the plate. The pitch. Line drive into left center field. That's a base hit. Monasterio's going to be sent around third. Here's the throw to the plate. Monasterio in there standing up. Christian Yelich delivers again an RBI single. It's a 3-2 Reds lead. The Brewers' rally, though, would end there. It was called by Lane Grindle after William Contreras lined out into a bad luck double play to end the fifth inning. So now the Brewers trailing 3-2, but certainly in the hunt. Adrian Hauser worked into the sixth inning. He exited with two men aboard. Bryce Wilson finished up the sixth, continuing the great theme of how good the bullpen has been as of late. The Brewers had a threat in the seventh, but couldn't get anything done. Then in the eighth inning, it all started with a leadoff walk to Willie Adamas. Then Jesse Winker lined a single off the wall in right field. It put runners on the corners. He was run for by Tyrone Taylor. The next batter with men on the corners and down by one, Owen Miller. Sims with a long hold. Here's the one-two pitch. High fly ball center field backing up is Friedel. This should be plenty deep enough to score Adamas. Friedel makes the catch. Adamas tagging. Here comes the throw. It comes home. And Adamas scores easily. And as a result of that, Taylor tags up. He gets into second. So the Brewers have tied it at three. That was a significant play on the back end. Not only is the game now tied, Taylor makes it to second base on the poor throw from Friedel. After a pop-out from Tapia, next up was Andrew Monasterio facing the all-star closer, the brother of Edwin Diaz, Alexis Diaz. He has been no fun to face, only one blown save all year. Here he is pitching in a tied game and a man in scoring position. Diaz, the 2-2 pitch, and this is blooped into right field. It's going to drop in front of the right fielder, Fraley. Taylor's around third. Here's the throw. It's not in time. Andrew Monasterio delivers, and the Brewers take a 4-3 lead. Just enough of the bat. He had two hits on the day. Monasterio with the go-ahead RBI in the eighth inning. Brewers now leading 4-3. Hobie Milner threw two great frames of relief, did not allow a run. Devin Williams would have the ninth, and he would get by with a little help from his friends. The pitch, ground ball sharply hit to second base. Nice adjustment by Terang. Spins and throws to first and dug out on a hop by Miller at first. And there's two outs. Boy, that Bryce Terang can play some second base. He made two run-saving plays today, that one in the ninth inning. And then just for good measure, you can't have a Devin Williams outing without an airbender, can you? The 3-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. 
went back to the airbender, and it's a Queen City sweep for the Milwaukee Brewers. Lane Grindle's call. The Brewers win it 4-3. They win all three games. They only allowed three runs over the weekend against the high-flying Cincinnati Reds offense. A fun one to talk about. Appreciate everyone that tuned in this weekend. The Brewers now two games clear of the Reds in the standings in the NL Central. Essentially three because they have the tiebreaker. We'll wrap up the program, get you set for the week after this on WTMJ. Welcome back to Brewers Extra Innings. Brewers are on top of the NL Central, that's for sure. Last uh, minute and a half of the program here as we get ready to say goodbye. Looking up ahead at the schedule this week. Off tomorrow, so enjoy a, a Monday. Mondays do stink already, and you don't have Brewers baseball, so apologies for that. But in Philly for the week, it should be fun. Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tuesday night, we will be on the air at 5.05. It is a 5.40 Central Time first pitch. I will not be with you for Brewers Extra Innings on Tuesday. As you know, if you're just joining us for the second half, I've got some other obligations to do with some national uh, baseball and uh, TBS. So Bob Brainerd will be sitting in on Tuesday for us here and throughout the rest of the second half. So Tuesday night, coverage begins at 5.05. First pitch is at 5.40 Central Time. Then on Wednesday, same time, same place. I'll be back on Wednesday, though, for Brewers Extra Innings. No show on Thursday after the game. It is an 11 a.m. coverage for an 11.40 first pitch. But then we've got Brewers Weekly for you on Thursday night. That will be at 8 o'clock. Then the Brewers are home for a big series with the Atlanta Braves, a weekend with the best team in baseball. So looking forward to that. We will talk to you again on Tuesday night as the Brewers get ready to take on the Phillies, and uh, should be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to what should be a great matchup this week. My thanks to Evan Wittalison, our producer, and my thanks to Jerry Augustine for joining us as well. I'm Dom Catronio. The Brewers are in first. Don't forget, keep on swinging.